From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 56. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, Fracture, photos printed in Vivacolor directly on glass, and later on, a special message from Stephen Hackett. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by that man, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm uh, I'm well today, Mike. How are you? I am very well indeed. I am very well indeed, because not only am I speaking to you, I am speaking to the wonderful Mr. Federico Vatici. Hey guys. Hello Federico. Hi. You, nothing going on in your world today, buddy? You've got a nice quiet week, right? Uh yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice simple uh, absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um I have nothing to do. I think we should set this out up front in this episode. This is not okay. a predictions episode. We're not going into that. We're actually kind of talking about nothing really that will be that could <laughs> could or could not be announced tomorrow. So if you've gotten this far because you just wanted to see, I'm looking at our topic list right now, and aside from us just saying what we'd like to see in the 6+, plus, that's it, right? So it's not really a prediction show. We're just going to grumble a little bit and then carry on from there. Mm-hmm. So don't don't go away, everyone. There's still, top, there's still good content here. Should we do some follow-up so stop me talking? Speaking of good content, uh, it's it's long been known that the three of us have the power to... <laughs> To curse a company, especially yeah. if they're in the photo management business, <laughs> we're we're really able to affect change. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's not good change if you own one of those companies, but uh, it is what it is. But I, I have to say that maybe our luck is turning. Uh, we've spoken about uh, of all of all companies, on God's green earth. We've talked about blah blah car for three weeks in a row now, <laughs> and just uh, just today. Uh, it was announced on TechCrunch that but friend Bar- friend of the show, Mr. Roman Delay. Yes, Bobocar has just raised 160 million dollars of funding, <laughs> and have a valuation at 1.2 billion dollars, which puts them in a uh, a unique class of businesses, and one that that I think, quite frankly, we can take all the credit for. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just the press, Federico, that you gave them. The the connected episode where I described the the blah blah car service uh, clearly pushed investors over the edge and mm-hmm. and convinced them to to give blah blah car money, and for this crazy valuation also. You know, it's obviously our show was a bit problematic for photo management apps and services, but maybe we have found our our market niche, which is <laughs> car sharing services. So if we keep talking about them, we will keep the economy flowing, you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. keep all the money yep. going. And uh, I think we have found, we have found our 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 voice and our future is to is to cover car sharing companies. I mean it's obvious. Look at the the first one, 160 million investment. So you know, we connected is transforming in a in a car sharing show. I think that's what I'm reading from from this follow up. I think we all I think we all did a great job on this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I Do think... we have a stake? Do we have a stake in this? I'll double At check all? that. I'll double check that. I'm not sure how that works, but I think we do. I think we own. Okay. I think we own them now. Awesome. Fantastic. We own the rest of the 1.2 billion, right? So, Inside Ventures owns the 160. We own the rest. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. So, uh, I told a complete lie. I'm going to talk about something that might happen tomorrow. Now, um, simply because I'm not going to be on 
any of the episodes that talk about the event that happens tomorrow. So I could potentially miss, and I just want to remind everyone of my prediction a couple of weeks ago about the iPad being at the iPhone event, and everyone thought I was crazy. And now there's lots of reports that it will be. So I just wanted to throw a mic was right in there, potentially, depending on what happens tomorrow, because this is an important one for me, because it further just pushes my cause into into the minds of the world. Yeah, I mean, whatever, Mike. Mike was right, man. <laughs> Gotta get on that train, Federico. Oh, I got on the train at the first station, Mike, believe me. Yeah, uh, see? We'll talk about the 6 Plus a little later on. You know, nose tapping, the whole, the whole thing. It's, what, uh, it's a revolution. What are you going to do when the year ends? To be going to year two. Oh, year two. <laughs> so you're not stopping. You're, you're continuing. Why would I? This insanity of yes. convincing people that you're right. It's not insanity, man. Facts are you there. Should, you should write, you should write a, some kind of self-help book on the topic. Uh, basically, you convince people of something and then you let them share their you know, achievements with a hashtag, which is Mike was right. I think what I really need to do is, mm-hmm. is build a, a, a website of some description or something. So I'm, I'm currently on Hover, who are not sponsoring today's episode, but I'm taking a look at them now to say, see if I can try and nab myself MikeWasRight.com, and then I can, uh, I can push, <laughs> push my calls further into the internet, right? Maybe uh-huh. I'll just direct it to the hashtag. MikeWasRight.com is not available. Really? Who has this? <laughs> there has to be someone who listens this to is, the show. This is unacceptable behavior. Who has MikeWasRight.com? I, I wonder if I own it. I might own it. Let's see. Somebody owns it as it's a possible. Hover. And did you buy that? Why did you do that? I maybe I may have. Let's see. <laughs> Why have you done this to me? You I'm going to make an your, offer. Your own business partner owns the it, domain that you wanted to use as yeah. your future career as I a know. life advisor. I'm, I'm signing in. Let's see if it's mine. This, <laughs> this, this is really this exciting is, radio. This is unacceptable. This is unacceptable behavior. Why would you why would you try and buy my I, brand? I don't <laughs> know if I did. I'm just seeing if I did. If I don't own it, Casey List does. Someone does. Your brand. Oh, well, they offer who is privacy, so I probably can't look it up who actually owns it. Let's see. Mm-hmm. This is turning out to be more complex than we thought, Mike. Yeah, I was I was just getting ready to to further push my brand into new <laughs> worlds. But here we are now. Somebody owns it. This is just ridiculous. And Steven, it's not me. It's not me. Oh, so this is going to be follow-up next week. Why? Why are people doing this to me, Federico? You need to this need fantastic. to fix this for me. Uh, me. It was registered uh, in April of 2015. Hmm. But they haven't done anything with it. It's a recent one. This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what you call a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move on now because I'm sad. Uh, topic 0.5. Yesterday evening, I was on Twitter and uh, saw Benjamin Brooks tweet that. Um, his iPhone on iOS 9 has not back, been backing up to iCloud. Uh, so I wanted to just make this as a PSA to all listeners. Mine isn't, and everybody else that I've spoken to is not. So if you are on the iOS 9 beta or the public beta, the developer public beta, there is a strong chance that your phone is currently not backing up, which is a problem. So you should check that out and back up to uh, like your computer or something i did see something quite beautiful today though i don't know if you guys saw this when i uh, plugged my phone in to to my computer to back it up uh, i was greeted with a um a message for when my phone was last backed up to icloud 
because you know iTunes tells you like when was it last backed up to iCloud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It told me it was backed up on the second of August, nineteen ten. That's um, it's impressive. I've been I've had my so I've had my iPhone for about a hundred years now, and I'm happy to say that I love it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you you know, people say that Apple doesn't get cloud services, but you gotta hand it to them to keep a backup for over a century. That's some <laughs> impressive cloud. <laughs> so there's clearly something going on here. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, you should make sure that you're backing up your iPhone to your Mac or PC. That would be my, my <laughs> advice. That's Mike's top tip uh, for today. iCloud backups have been passed down from generation, generation to generation. generation. <laughs> <laughs> Ye oldie backup. <laughs> oh, we need to we need to do some actual topics here because this this show is is just going off the wor- off the rails. So I'm going to take a break. <laughs> Uh, and thank our friends over at Fracture for helping support this week's show. I really love Fracture prints. They make me smile. They are these fantastic photos that you can get printed onto pieces of glass. Fracture is transforming the way that people print and display their images because they do it in a way that's really unique. When you want to uh, take a, a photo that you love, you want to take it from, like, unbury it. You want to surface it again from the streams that you have in your life, from your photo stream, from your Instagram feed, from a folder that lives on uh, your Dropbox account. You want to take that picture and you want to display it to the world. There's a couple of ways you could do it, of course. You know, you could just print it out onto an A4 piece of paper, which would be horrible. You could maybe get a photo print and put it in a frame, but then you've got all the frame there and you've got to get the frame, put it in and hang it up and all that stuff. Or you could do what you should be doing which is getting a fracture print because you upload the photos that you like to fractureme.com and you can lay them out as you want and they have a bunch of different sizes, square and rectangle sizes. The rectangles go up to 21 inch by 28 inch, which is awesome. Uh, You choose the photo and then it goes off to Gainesville, Florida, where the fracture team will assemble everything for you. They will take that photo that you love and they will print it directly onto a piece of glass. It looks beautiful. It's edge to edge, which I really love. There's no frame around it. There's no air gaps in the middle of it, right? It just looks beautiful. I love the fracture prints that I have. I've bought them as gifts for people. I bought Stephen the Relay logo and I know that he has a bunch in his house. I have a bunch here. They've been shipped to me from Florida all the way to the UK. Beautifully packaged. Not a mark on any of them. They include screws or mounts in the box depending on what you want. So you could just hang it up or just display it really beautifully they think about everything i'm a big fan of the stuff that they do i think that fracture prints are really really great and they are a unique way to display photos that you love or buy gifts for somebody else and with prices starting at just 15 dollars, they're not going to break the bank you can help support this show and get yourself 15 percent off your first order by using the coupon code connected just go to fractureme.com to get started Thank you so much to Fracture for supporting Relay FM. So, Stephen, would you like to tell us about uh, the iPhone 6S Plus? Yes, uh, I wrote this thing, and and to uh, remind listeners, Mike, you and I are both on the 6 Plus. I switched to it from the 6 because you told me to. Um, Federico, are you using the Plus still? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so all three of us are in the... Uh, the, plus uh, club. The, the the plus club, if you will. And I sort of, um, in thinking about what would the 6S Plus, you know, what, what could that mean for, for an owner of a device that's sort of weird in a lot of ways? The, um, you know, the 6 Plus has got the same internals as the 6, but a much 
a high resolution display and it, because of that it sort of runs into issues and so i kind of broke it down into into a couple of things i think the 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 first thing and i think the most important thing for the 6 plus as well as the 6 but definitely the plus is to have some more ram in that thing uh, yeah. we've talked about in the past you can get your 6 plus in a state where it's stuttery where i have had like audio tearing and video tearing like very clearly it struggles to catch up sometimes and that that seems better on ios 9 in the beta than it did in ios 8 but i think looking at the ipad air 2 which i also own uh actually all three of us do now such a better experience having more ram on board for the system to use and uh, so i hope that that comes to the success uh, plus and i think that's pretty universally wanted by anybody who uh, kind of knows how these things work. Would you guys agree? I mean, even even on the iOS nine beta, it, it hasn't been good for me on the six plus. You know, yeah, I get those. I still get like you feel like you can overload it really easily. Yeah, yeah. At times, absolutely. right? Like I'm listening to a podcast and I'm going to check something on the web, and then I go into multitasking, and boom, it dies. And before that you you feel it it's like uh, like you feel it starts to slow down right it stops registering things and then bang it goes and it's clearly because it just can't deal with the load that you're putting on it which is something like i never have that problem on the ipad air yeah no and it's doing way more in some instances like running multiple apps at once and then i'm playing audio and watching a video and picturing picture right so it can deal with that but there's some, there's just something about the combination of I assume it's like the the the, the pixels that it's trying to draw right the the amount the, where it's trying to because it's some crazy resolution right and then they scale it am I think am I remembering that correctly yeah no no yeah. that's correct so in doing all of that on top of the standard operations of the phone I think that's where it starts to die where the other devices don't have that problem because it's trying to do way more with less power so I would love to see that that would make me very happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're at least give it two gigabytes of RAM. And hopefully, with double the amount of memory, should be able to have the same performance of the iPad Air 2, even if actually the iPad Air 2 is capable of showing two apps at once. But still, uh, I agree with Steven and Mike. More RAM is absolutely needed on the next 6S Plus, if that's going to be the name. I think that, that more RAM is just needed across the board always, in the products always needed <laughs> like just add it every time <laughs> you send a man to my house that. and he just puts it in the phone every week like you just plug it in there like those uh well what that project are a phone you know just give me a little ram chip slot it in put the case back on no problem whenever whenever you buy a new device and you plan on keeping that device for for a few years or months there's no Never gonna be a moment when you say, "Oh man, I wish I bought this device with less RAM." You're <laughs> always, you know, you know, you're always gonna want more memory available. So, you know, Apple should. We've seen with the six plus all these problems. We're not uh, an isolated case. So, mm-hmm. the rumors are saying there's going to be double the RAM. So, hopefully, we're gonna be happy tomorrow, Mike. I feel like it's a. Uh, it's got to be a given at this point, right? Like you just you just do that. It's just the thing that you do. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I think something else I would like at least is uh, a louder speaker out of the 6 Plus. I don't know if it's something about all of a sudden working from home a lot more or having uh, gone back to the full-size iPad, but I use my phone a lot to listen to podcasts just like walking around the house with the thing jammed in my pocket or mm-hmm. out on the desk if I'm working. Or and, when I'm uh, in the bathtub. Yeah, or when you're in the tub. Mm-hmm. And that 
I for one would like more volume out of the thing. And they own Beats, right? I mean, how many Android phones have we seen with like Beats Audio strapped at the back of it? So I think it'd be nice for them to do something. Yeah, I would yeah. like that. I would like that a lot. Yeah, and this is the thing. You don't have to throw a Beats Audio logo on there, right? But you could just brand it, but just tell me you're doing something. You know? I would like that yeah. a lot. And, and that and my, my next one of the flesh camera lens, uh, objectively probably more likely in a uh, a full revision. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the camera lens being a flesh drives me crazy since I don't use a case most of the time. But, uh, you know, in, in thinking about how they normally do these things, that would be a really big change for an S revision. And so I think at some point, if they do manage to get the camera thin enough again to go back in the body, that it won't be this, it won't be this week, but I can hope. I know that it doesn't look, I mean, it looks ugly, like the, the, the camera bump, but has it been a problem, like practical usage for you guys? I wear a case on my phone, so I don't even know it's there. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I, I'd forgotten about it. See, this is the thing. I don't care about the camera bump because I put a case on it. And I really do think that the majority of people do that. Like so, yeah. I don't true. think it's a problem anymore. I, I don't. I know why it is an issue. Right? I can see why it's an issue, but I think lots like the, I would expect the majority of people that own these devices don't know it's a problem because they just put a case on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, no, absolutely. I think that's one. Uh, I mean, thinking the way that you know, I'm sure. I'm sure someone at Apple looks at that that camera bump it just dies a little bit inside but i think they obviously have information that you know the vast majority of people use cases i mean i yeah. i very rarely see people with a naked phone and most of the time it's nerds like it's yep. it's not you know, the, the everyday man puts his phone in a case and so when uh, i think like looking at it now and having this conversation when i think about that thought process i i agree with them right they were like we can either have this bump have a worse camera or the phone is thicker if the phone is thicker, the majority of our customers end up with a thicker phone. If we just put the camera protruding from the case, then we end up with the camera that we want without making the phone too thick. Like yeah. you can clearly see the design trade-off, right? Because you can't make like the six plus any thicker because nobody would be able to hold it. So <laughs> you've got to you've got to kind of shave some space off, and you end up just with a camera that sticks out. I know it's a, it's it's uh, uh, not ideal, and it's not the prettiest way to make the phone. But sometimes you really do have to to go with function over form, and I think yeah. they're the right choice. It's not the purest form of industrial design, maybe, but it's very practical when you want to let people take their pictures and also have a thin phone. Yep. Uh, so if you if you believe that's the right choice, uh, it's not a huge issue, and it's not. I mean, I don't wear a case on my six plus, you know, uh, and it. It's fine. I don't mind the the fact that it's not perfectly flush on my desk when I put the iPhone there. So I don't think we're going to see a revision this year, uh, but maybe next year. You know, Apple even bought that camera company a few months ago. What camera uh, company? Uh, the, 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 it doesn't some, matter, right? A camera company, yeah, right? <laughs> some kind of some uh-huh. kind of lens company, I think I remember. Okay. Or sensor company, I don't know. It uh, surprised may, me if they made their own lenses. I mean, because... There are people that, like, you know, those Sony lenses, they use Sony lenses, don't they? And they're incredible. But hey, yeah. it's Apple, right? Yeah, you never know. Yeah. So there we go. What else? Um, someone, someone, one of you guys put in better touch ID? Yeah, me. Um, I really think even 
even the Touch ID, the improved sensor on the on the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus, still could use some adjustments. Uh, so it's much better than the original Touch ID on the on the iPhone 5s, and it's gotten faster, and it recognizes my my fingerprint in more in different scenarios. But still, in the summer especially, uh, this has been a problem for me. Uh, to get the touch ID to recognize my 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 thumb. So the thing is, I think this is an iOS nine problem because I am having issues on both of my devices that I weren't having before. Like sometimes it recognizes my thumbprint and then just asks me for it again. So I I think that like y- you may be in your mind you're thinking oh because like I'm out in the world and I'm getting wet in the sea and that kind of stuff. But I think it's just mm-hmm. you're running iOS nine and iOS nine I think has some touch ID issues. Could be, but that's another case of you can never have enough of it. Uh, just like RAM, uh, sure. having a better Touch ID sensor is always going to be better because you, you you make sure that you future-proof the sensor for any kind of possible future scenario in which the user may want to unlock a device using Touch ID. So if you keep making it better, it's always going to be welcome. You yeah, know? faster, so, faster, faster. Like It's always. quick, yeah. but it would be great if it was just immediately when I put my thumb on the notes, yeah. on the, on the yeah. home button, you know? Yeah, faster, faster, faster. So I, I do hope they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna say, and we made it even, I don't know, twenty percent faster. Doesn't matter, just make it faster every year, and I'm happy. So I have a couple of things that I want: uh, a new vibrate motor. So it would be really nice mm-hmm. if we had the the tactic thing, providing it worked. Uh, I'm not sure if you'd necessarily feel the taps if it was in your pocket. I don't know if it's strong enough, uh, but I just want a vibrate motor that isn't audible. Uh, and the, you know, if if you think the six is loud, the, the six plus it's basically louder than the phone ringing. It's ridiculous. It's I don't know what mm-hmm. they put in this thing, but it is incredibly loud. Like I don't have any notifications on my phone anymore. Like it's constantly on do not disturb, and I put it that way before I even got the watch because the vibrate motor is so loud. It was kind of pointless. So I would love to see them refine that a little bit. Uh, and I would also like some software changes in iOS to complement the, the 6S Plus. Um, I think the landscape keyboard needs to be scrapped and started again. Um, it was a good yeah. idea, but the implementation is terrible. It's a disaster. Yeah, It should be a split keyboard, in my opinion, or you should have the option to do that. Um, I was talking to Gray about this a couple of days ago because he uses his 6 Plus in landscape quite a lot, and he believes, which makes a lot of sense, take those buttons that are on the edges, put those in the middle. And then have the keyboard split out a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. because trying to with if anyone with even with monster hands like I have, it is really difficult to hit those middle keys when you're mm-hmm. holding the device naturally. Um, so I think that would be great. I would also like to see folders like on the six plus, like they are on the iPad, more apps in a folder, uh, better previews of what's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would really like to see just. Apple take more advantage of the screen size in general um, on on this on the 6s plus because developers have done a pretty decent job of it overall I think uh, but Apple I think are still lacking in some parts where they they started off with good intentions but I feel like they could they could still follow us through mm-hmm. yeah I feel like there's always gonna be a tension between the fact that the iPhone is meant to be using portrait and landscape is an option so Maybe we're never gonna see the kind of uh, 
you know, specific designs as we're seeing on the iPad, which is really meant to be using two different orientations. And on this, on the iPhone, on the 6 Plus, it always feels like it's a nice to have, but it's not essential. So I wonder if that's keeping Apple from going all the way into making, you know, landscape designs and features. Well, my feeling is if you're going to go and do something as crazy as reachability and like break the UI in such an ugly way, then mm. you could put a little bit more time into other parts of the OS. And like, mm. I feel like if you're going to do that, right, which is, I mean, nobody likes the way reachability looks, right, in any mm-hmm. scenario. Uh, I think it would be nice for them to, to, to kind of follow that thinking through and do things that are better for the usability rather than just the look. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my feeling on that. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. You're right, Mike. Mike was right. Even, even, well, even we know this. this you know, we know this. <laughs> we don't even need to say it. Uh, let's talk about this this Apple gaming Twitter account quickly. So, okay. I don't know let's, what they're doing. Uh, let's wait. Let's have Stephen talk about this Twitter <laughs> account because he seems ecstatic about this addition to his timeline. Stephen, can you tell us about this account? Oh, it's not an addition to my timeline anymore. Don't worry. <laughs> Already. Uh, so, when was this? This was uh, late last week. Uh, a at App Store Games account uh, emerged from the the uh, ether, the ashes. Emerged oh, from somewhere. The ashes. The ashes. Of what exactly? <laughs> What's left of Twitter? <laughs> um, uh, so it's it is the. Uh, according to the bio, the game editors at the App Store tweeting about uh, about games, about specials, about uh, all sorts of things, and, and and that's fine. And I think that um, obviously it's not. It's funny that it's the week before the event. I guess I wanted to to go ahead and get this get this out there, but uh, you know, clearly Apple is taking the um, the gaming thing more seriously than ever, and. Uh, Apple is not one to do much on social media officially. I mean, there's iTunes accounts, the iBook Store is an account, and now this. Um, Apple itself, as a corporation, does not have a Twitter account, where a lot of other companies do. Um, but I think it, I think it's great. I think it's it's clearly that they're uh, making a push here. But I think that that they're doing a lot of things wrong with the Twitter account. Um, mainly, they did this huge Q and A. I I feel like I have to jump in here. Okay. They are doing things incredibly right. We just don't like them. So yeah, I mean they got eighty eight thousand followers in five days. So like I mean, because basically say? my my feeling on this is I feel this way now because I'm looking at their Twitter stream on Twitter.com, and this thing is like it may as well have been made by a Twitter marketing manager, like not even somebody who works at Apple. There are gifts everywhere. There are videos everywhere. Like they they do things that we find annoying. And and the thing that I know you're going to say is, which drives me crazy as well. They do these Q and A's and retweet every answer. I just can't. (laughs) But the great thing about it is they hashtag it all, so you can just mute it, which I've done. But what basically what this is is it's just this really interesting way that Apple are doing marketing. This is like really heavy marketing for the app mm-hmm. store in a way that we've never seen before they do so they're, they're doing a few things every every day basically they're, they've got they're breaking things down into different sections they're doing like um q a so that they have uh every day so i'm looking at this on the site right on mondays they do a monday preview so an exclusive look at the hottest upcoming games tuesday is unstuck where they give tips for people that are getting stuck in certain games 
Uh, Wednesday is the Like a Pro Day, where they show mind-blowing skills from the best players in the world. Um, also on Wednesdays is the App Store Challenge, one game, one challenge once a week. Uh, they're doing the game showcase on Saturdays. I don't, okay, so clearly it's not every day. Uh, <laughs> and you, they're showcasing games on Saturdays and they do these app store chats as well. So it's like, this. I don't think this is coming from the games editors because it's too much, right? There is so much going on here. And what I have noticed, Federico, you've probably seen this as well because I'm sure you're locked into this stuff. The app store account seems to have gone up a gear as well in the last couple of days. Yeah. I saw yeah. them today... Uh, the, just the general App Store, they were tweeting about App Store deals, which I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, so there's something going on at Apple with App Store marketing. Uh, I think this is just an overall good thing. Whether we like it or not, um, and there are things that really frustrate me about the way that they do stuff just because it's not the way that I work with Twitter, you know? Like, mm-hmm. as I say, like seeing these retweets from people that I'm in a Q&A that I'm not necessarily wanting to read, right? But I'm seeing it anyway. I think mm-hmm. this type of marketing is very different. And I think that that is, a, for them anyway, and I think this is a good thing. It is, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the kind of modern Twitter experience and marketing that maybe some of us don't fully get in especially when you're using apps that are on Twitter. So with no autoplay, uh, you know, and with the support for muting uh, hashtags, which you cannot do in the Twitter app, we we can avoid and we can also customize the experience in a different way than most users. And clearly here the app store is trying to reach, you know, the kind of audience that opens Twitter straight to the top of the timeline, checks out a video or two, some GIFs, and doesn't mind a Q&A because they're not as into the idea of, of a perfectly curated timeline as we are. So it, it feels very, I, 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 I want to say made for teenagers, but it's not just teenagers. It's like, you know, even the casual u- users who, don't, who use Twitter and Facebook differently from us. And I wouldn't be surprised, actually, to see some big app store changes to Tomorrow, you know, there the, the 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 way that this App Store Games account was introduced, and some tweets from Apple people on Twitter about tomorrow's event, they just seem to suggest that even if just for the Apple TV and games on the Apple TV, there's going to be some kind of major App Store announcement. In that it's. It, it looks at least the feeling that I get is that it's not just gonna be app store games from the iPhone and iPad put onto the TV. It's going to be something more. I don't know if that more is the interface. I mean, the interface has to be different. I don't know if it's different pricing models or like different tools for developers to advertise an Apple TV game. But I I feel like it's not going to be just the iOS app store put onto the big screen. That's what I feel. That's also what I hope. So maybe the two, you know, these two are... are, uh, Mixing <laughs> my I, thoughts? I don't the, know. The Let's more see. they go down this road, the more I think there's going to be two stores. Yeah. that's yeah. what that's, That was my immediate reaction. I saw the App Store account. I was like, they're going to split the, the, the apps and, the, and games on the App Store. Now, there's pros and cons. I don't necessarily think they're going to do that tomorrow. Yeah, right? me neither. But I just can see now, I think they are going to do it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if on the Apple TV home screen... 
there's different icons to open the App Store for games and apps. Even if it's just the same App Store, but two icons to, yep. you know, to go to different parts of the App Store. Um, because this Twitter account and, again, the, the general excitement from Apple people on Twitter, who are publicly tweeting, by the way, so it's kind of strange. Uh, but still, yeah. it seems to suggest that it's not just a Twitter account. There are some and, changes afoot. Yeah, yeah. I really don't think they're going to do iOS games on, on the Apple TV, by the way. Like, straight port and conversions without can't anything new. She can't do it. The control, the control mechanism is completely different. Yeah, that. but even just the general policy. You know, Apple likes to always do new software that's really optimized for the device it runs on. So saying, yeah, you got Angry Birds on your phone, now you can play Angry Birds on the TV. I don't think that's what we're going to see. But, you know, yeah, 24 hours left. So, Stephen, do you want to take us for a break? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, we spoke last week a little bit about St. Jude, and uh, we had a spot open on, on the show this week, and uh, I wanted to point people uh, to this link that will be in the show notes and it'll be on the, the page um, when the episode goes up. Uh, St. Jude is a, a children's research hospital here in Memphis, Tennessee, where I was uh, grew up. You know, driving by this place, and um, you just kind of see it off the interstate, kind of a bunch of weird-looking pink stucco buildings, and really didn't understand the um, just what they did and how special it was until 2009. Um, my wife and I had a six-month-old, our, our oldest, and uh, he was diagnosed with a, a brain tumor uh, two or three days after his uh, his six-month checkup, and we went very quickly from uh, diagnosis to surgery and a treatment and were uh, admitted to, to St. Jude, uh, which is a hospital and research institution that really is a, a special place. Um, no child is denied treatment based on race, religion, or a family's ability to pay. Um, all three of those things are just are at the heart of what they do. I've met so many people over the years uh, from all over the world, um, all different types of countries, all different types of people. And St. Jude covers the cost of their care. And in our son's case, that's millions of dollars now. He's, he's been a patient for six years. And uh, we would be just ruined financially if it were not for that clause in their mission statement. Um, today, our son is doing great. He's in, he's in first grade. He's running around. He's playing with his younger brother and sister and um, just a normal almost seven-year-old. And uh, that is all thanks to the amazing care at St. Jude. Uh, so we would love you to go check it out if you never have uh, come across it or you've just seen their ads out and about and, and just go read about it. You'll, I think it'll, you'll really be moved. And uh, like I said, there's a link in the show notes. I'm running uh, this uh, race, that they, this fundraising race they do uh, every December. And uh, I'm running for the first time, which is uh, going to be very interesting. <laughs> I've been doing some training. And um, I would love you to help uh, meet my goal of raising um, – five thousand dollars for that so uh check out the link and uh thanks let's smash it guys that'd be great we'd appreciate it yeah let's talk about the elephant in the room which is the fact that there's no more fun in apple announcements anymore (laughs) (laughs) and the elephant is in the shape of mark gurman right like (laughs) <laughs> he, poor guy uh, look no there's no poor guy in this scenario he's doing just fine uh 
Gurman in the last couple of years has really kicked it up a notch and he has access that nobody else seems to have or at least he is willing to print things that maybe other people aren't. I don't know the details of how this this stuff works, but it is undeniable that his sources are incredible and I think you know I've come to really enjoy his writing in general. I think he's very mm-hmm. good at breaking all this stuff down. And some of the scoops that he has been getting recently uh, is, is simply just stuff that nobody else has. And due to its nature, kind of every time he publishes a post, no, you know, I don't think any of us can resist it. We all just want to go and read it. It's like sneaking mm-hmm. a look at your birthday presents, right? Mm-hmm. You know they're in the cupboard uh, and you go and take a look and you, you don't like the fact that you know, but you couldn't help yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. Because leading up to this announcement, he is just basically every couple of days breaking some more news and rumors. And we're, you know, we've all been watching this stuff and following this stuff for long enough for where this stuff wasn't the case. There were always rumors, but there were never leaks to this uh, kind of, there were never leaks to this extent, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And definitely now, when we're going into Apple events, we're not going in with a list of hopes. We're going in with a checklist, and it makes it very different. And I don't begrudge the work that Mark Gurman does. If I got the access that he had, all this show would be is just me telling you guys about all the stuff that I've found out. <laughs> right? No one, if you got this, you're going to print it. And I don't begrudge him of that, and I enjoy reading his work, but it has significantly changed the way that I feel towards these Apple events. And I wonder how you guys feel about that. Mike, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I, I was thinking about this uh, early, uh, yesterday and earlier this morning. Um, I remember back years and years ago with the uh, the G4 Cube, um, funny little Power Mac Apple made for about a year, and then they stopped making it. Um, I remember that the the specifications for the video card leaked because uh, there was rumors that Apple was going to do a small Power Mac, and then basically the video card leaked, and people kind of put two and two together and said, oh, my gosh, it's a real machine. And um, I mean, that was over a decade ago, and I remember that kind of being a moment of, like, holy cow, like, really big story from Apple, um, you know, is, is out there. Uh, likewise, they had, you know, a couple times over the years had uh, specifications for upcoming Macs uh, published on their website, you know, accidentally, and then they'd pull them down and there'd be screenshots on, on Mac rumors and think secret way back in the day before Apple sued the pants off that guy. Um, so there is a history of of rumors and leaks, but I agree with you that it is much more uh, prevalent today through through the work of German. And, um, uh, you know, I, I do think that there is... Um, that sense of excitement that, that is lost, but at the same time, Apple knows that as well. And so, you know, Apple jokes about it. Um, uh, famously when the iPhone four was lost slash stolen, uh, from a bar and, uh, you know, Gizmodo had pictures of it and the whole thing, uh, Steve Jobs gets on stage and said, Hey, you think you've seen this before, but you, you know, you haven't really seen this before. And it goes on to explain, you know, run a display and, and whatnot. So, Apple lives in a world where they know this is true, and I think it's it's up to them now of maybe instead of having an event that's exciting in the way that um, the news is sort of ruined a little bit, uh, I think they have to create an event where they 
the the excitement is now in the details of of how they do it and uh you know yes we know that the uh you know these new phones apparently have force touch or something like force touch um so so if that's blown then then apple has to tell the story of why that's important and why that's exciting the thing itself is not enough anymore and i think long term that's actually an interesting problem for apple to solve even if it means that you know going into tomorrow um is not not as exciting um and and i would just add real quick that if you're a journalist and you cover this stuff i know a lot of people who have articles kind of pre-written and they can just drop in the details and publish very quickly so from the journalist perspective it's kind of nice to have some idea of what you're going to be writing about tomorrow but um yeah that's a (laughs) real weird side effect (laughs) yeah and it's been especially impressive to see German go over the past few years from finding out information about features and future devices by looking into the iOS betas and the SDK to having a full-on access to sources at Apple who clearly know what's happening, not just in terms of features or screen resolutions, but entire feature sets of new devices and the accessories and the price points and the release dates. This clearly is someone with deep, deep access to whatever Apple is working on. And if you've been reading German's work for, uh, since, since basically when he began in 2010, I believe his first leak was uh, about the, the uh, a domain that Apple had registered for the upcoming iPad. If you've been reading German as I did for the past five years, it's been super impressive to see this guy going from mildly interesting scoops to full-on reports and, and exposés on what Apple is doing internally and with products, with PR, all kinds of aspects. So his work is impressive. And for this event, uh, I agree with Stephen. The fun is not in the what anymore is in the how Apple presents a new product. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple, if if German starts leaking the actual marketing taglines at some point or website screenshots before Apple (laughs) updates apple.com. I mean, what what is left for German to leak at this point? Every new product. (laughs) Uh, uh, Look at the MacBook, right? Like that's probably his crowning achievement. Months ahead. And he had every detail. So I don't know where his sources are, but it appears that there are a couple of different places. I I feel like there's people in the background, like in the iOS team, and then there's got to be somebody in the marketing team. Because sometimes he knows the entire picture, which from my very basic understanding of how Apple works... Not a lot of employees get that idea, like get the idea of the entire picture, right? If something's secret, they know what they're working on, but not the other part. But the people that will know the entire picture are the marketing teams because they're going to have to sell the device, right? So there's mm-hmm. got to be somebody in that part of the business that is that is feeding a lot of this stuff to him. And, you know, we, I always find it interesting as to why are they doing it? Why do these people do it? I don't know why they do it. It's a... Uh, it's certainly interesting, yeah. but it, right. it does significantly change the way that we approach these things. And I completely agree with you, Stephen. Now, like Apple has to, they have to surprise in the, in the details because mm-hmm. it's difficult to explain the implementation of something. And, you know, we're always talking about this, right? And, the, you know, I think one of the big reasons that everybody was saying about the Apple Watch, like, where's the story? Where's the story? Is because the, the, the reveal isn't as exciting anymore, right? Because we had a, we, no, we knew it was coming. 
and we knew a lot about the device. Right? And, and I wonder what it would have been like if we would have known that much about the iPhone. That that I wonder how like amazing that announcement would have been. That that announcement was so amazing because all we knew was there'll be one. That was it, mm-hmm. right? And and that is a very very different scenario too. And these are some of the features that it has. Here is a mock-up of the UI based on descriptions that I have. So it's, it makes it, it makes two thousand fifteen a very different world. But I do wonder on the other side of it, uh, who who are Apple doing these events for? Are they for us or are they for the general media? Because if for the general media and the the general populace, they don't know about any of this stuff. They don't read Mac rumors. They don't read 9 to 5 Mac. So maybe Apple is still doing a lot of that job, but they're maybe you know, not the people that are actually watching the announcements themselves. Yeah, I wonder that, especially this time, you know, the, um, what's the name of the venue? It's the... Um, oh, I don't know. Bill something. San... Bill Graham? Bill, Bill Graham? Something. Bill Graham? Yeah, yeah. the Bill Graham Center. It, it seats like... 25, 3,000, like 2,500, 3,000 people. It's a huge venue. And uh, I think, A, they're bringing more Apple employees to these things. Um, but uh, I think, too, they're, they're inviting a, a lot more media. I mean, think about the watch event last year. You know, it was all the standard people. And then it was also editors of fashion magazines and fashion websites. And uh, they had people from the watch community there. And so as Apple expands out into these other areas, they're, they're inviting more different types of press, you know, not just the the Jason Snells and the John Grubers of the world, but people who work for all sorts of, of different places. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, I, I do think to a degree they are aiming at the general media who are mainstream media more than they have in the past, but not at the exclusion of other sort of niche content people like, like we are. But um, yeah, that, that, Tomorrow will be interesting. It's a big, it's a big facility, and uh, if it's full, um, it's going to be a lot of human beings to get in and out of there for, uh, you know, what is really, I mean, <laughs> what is really a press conference, right? Like that's all these things are. They're fancy press conferences. They're a company announcing products that they sell. Um, it's weird for us because we follow them so closely that it's sort of like a like a Super Bowl for us. But objectively, it is just a company announcing products for sale. Um, so that that sort of excitement that we have is is always tapered in my mind, but like sort of just a strange thing in general to be excited about. But um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. And you know, I think um, I think with the leak stuff that you know, at any point that could that could dry up. Either Apple could find the people doing it internally. I think there's always this thought of, of people who are like, well, you know, is Apple doing this intentionally? Apple does do that. And historically, they've done it with the Wall Street Journal where they have leaked certain things uh, or WSJ has like weird access, like the night before a story breaks or something. But um, that's not what this is. I don't, I don't think, I mean, no. you, you, you get that the way that Phil Schiller answered the question uh, at the talk show, you, you, you get that impression that Apple really doesn't like this. And so they could either find the people who are leaking. Um, they could, um, you know, put, if they have uh a person that they think is doing it, they could leak them bad information if that bad information comes out. I mean, that sort of stuff does happen. And not just at Apple. That happens in all sorts of companies. Um, it's just famous with Apple because Apple's the biggest tech company in the world. But um, I do think that at some point, you know, this, this, this stuff could stop or could slow down. I think right now, Gurman has a lot of people, um, which is like great. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a heck of a way to start a career. But um, I do think that it, 
just because it's this way now, I don't know if it will always be that way, or I think, you know, it may come and go because, you know, people might just move on in the company or move to a different area or make, make it caught. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, if I were in that position, I don't know what would make me do it. If, you know, cause it, um, I would guarantee you it's fireable immediately. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But, uh, and I do, I do like you, Mike, I do wonder what, why people do it, but. Can I just tell you guys how excited I am by the, by the iPad pro? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it looks like, it looks like it's going to be quite a, a monster. I'm interested to see what, what they're going to do with this. and we'll, we'll see tomorrow. I will see at a delayed time. Yeah, because you're getting out of a plane. Old school, <laughs> baby. I'll be checking the blogs. And yeah, yeah. and so I'll be, uh, I'll be filling in for you on Upgrade tomorrow. We'll be yes. doing Upgrade Live. After yeah, you should tune into that. Uh, Stephen will be talking to Jason um, pretty much as soon as after the event as possible uh, to get Jason's opinions on how the event went and also any uh, stuff that he got a hands-on with. So that will be a, a lot of fun. You should tune into that tomorrow, relay.fm slash upgrade. Uh, it will be uh, streaming live, so you should uh, follow uh, the underscore relay.fm Twitter account to see when that's going to happen because uh, I don't know if I don't know if you guys have agreed to a time, but I expect it's going to just be whenever you can do it, right? Yeah, that's basically... Yep. Because we have no idea how long it's going to run, so yeah, I'll be tweeting um, when we get a rough idea, but it, it will probably be, you know, um, mid to late afternoon to you know in, in, for U.S. listeners. So yep, but that's always a fun episode, so you want to tune in for that. So I'm going to miss it, but I've got a great person filling in for me. Right, uh, should we take our final break? And then Federico, I know you have a, a little a little topic that you want to discuss mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Uh, This week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and you want to use the offer code WORLD at checkout and you'll get yourself 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you don't have to know how to make websites. You don't have to know code. You don't. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. You can get yourself a professionally designed, great-looking website because this is what Squarespace do. They have fantastic tools. They have drag-and-drop interfaces, beautiful templates that look great on every device as they all feature responsive design. And everything is powered by Squarespace's state-of-the-art technology. They ensure security and stability. They're trusted by millions of people around the world, and it's easy to see why they have great hosting fast rock solid stuff you you know if somebody links to you and they're popular your site's not going to go down squarespace take care of all of that for you if you want to sell stuff they have their commerce platform Uh, we sell stickers and buttons and t-shirts at relay fm and we use squarespace for that because they give us everything we we need the same for our blog as well it's a it's a squarespace site because they, why would we want to build our own systems for that? Because Squarespace do it all for us and they do it great. They back it up with their 24-7 support. If you ever have any problems as a Squarespace customer, you can get in touch with them via live chat and email 24-7. They are there to help you. You know, I mentioned that they have all these great tools, these drag and drop tools, all the template editing stuff. But if you are someone who just wants all of the basics taken care of for you, but you would then want to tweak some little bits and you know how to do that, you can use Squarespace's dev platform. It allows you to add even more functionality to your site and you can take your Squarespace site further than ever before. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. And if you sign up for a year, you'll also grab yourself a free domain name as well, which is a great deal. So, 
Go to squarespace.com and sign up for a free trial. You don't need any credit card to do this and you can go in there and try it all out for yourself and see if Squarespace is going to be right for you. And when you do decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code WORLD at checkout. You'll be getting yourself 10% off your first purchase and showing your support for this show. Thank you so much to Squarespace for helping us out at Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So guys, I wanted to talk about Slack and how we're using Slack at Mac Stories for what, I, what accounts to more than communications, primarily communications, but something a little different than usual. And so this discussion is something that I've, that I've been thinking about for, for, for the past few weeks because we upgraded to a paid uh, Slack account. We're a small team, seven people, and I, f- I felt like I could really use the unlimited integrations and the direct email support for Slack because we, we, we receive quite a bit of email that needs to be shared across the team. And a lot of people send me, send me pitches for new apps and updates over email to my personal account. And I want, our, I want my, my, my colleagues at MacStories to be able to look at the same email without me having to forward an email. You know, it loses the attachment sometimes and it adds all the quoted text that I don't like. Instead, I just want the, the email with a clean view to be to be able to be shown, to be displayed to others in Slack. And with the email integration, I can just have a nice email preview in a Slack channel. So that, with the unlimited integrations and the additional search features and all the other options, pushed me over the edge. And I was like, okay, I know that it's a bit of money, but we're a small team and I want to start paying for Slack because I feel it's going to be an investment for, you know, to, to, to save us a bit of time every day. And what I didn't, what I didn't expect was to end up using Slack as a as a notifications hub, as a like a shared notifications layer for the entire team, which is quite surprising and what I want to discuss with you. So before using Slack, we tried many uh, many uh, group management services and apps. We went from iMessage, which was terrible for group messaging to Google Hangouts. Then for many years, we used GroupMe, which is, uh, I think it's under Microsoft's control now. And eventually we moved to Slack. And before Slack, we, whenever something happened, whether it was an email or a new Apple video on YouTube or a new Apple press release, some kind of major update, we would have to communicate that change to someone manually, to each other, all the time. So whether I saw a change, I had to go into our team chat and say, hey, this happened. And maybe I was asleep and nobody else was aware was aware of that change. Maybe someone else follows a different website than me, or maybe someone uses a different RSS app than me. So what we see in terms of news and stuff we need to cover on the website is different from each other. With Slack, we're we're now doing we have a limited integrations, so we can play we can play around and connect a bunch of services to 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 Slack. But what we're doing is we have connected uh, the team chat, the, the 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 general 
or channel, it's called in Slack, to different notification sources. So we have notifications for new Apple videos on YouTube. We have notifications for new Apple press releases, notifications for um, new iOS and OS 10 updates or new versions of developer betas on the, on the developer center. We have notifications for news blur, which is the the... The, the RSS service that I use because it lets me specify keywords in, in, in articles that I find either important, so that matter to me, or useless, which I don't want to see. So I've been using Newsblur for a year. I have assembled uh, these pretty nice curated list of keywords and tags that were interested in. And so I can use my own curation to expose interesting stuff to other team members. And we're doing this in two ways. So we either send notifications to the general channel, and this is useful because it means that I don't need to be awake or using Slack to notify others, to notify others about, you know, something new from Twitter or, you know, somewhere else, because it happens in the cloud. There's a there's an API that takes care of the news, our you know, they go from whatever they, they originate to Slack, and everybody sees that at the same time. So it doesn't depend on me or anyone else. It's just Slack takes care of that. And all of these integrations that you're using, are they ones that currently exist, or have you had to build some yourself? No, no, they're all... I don't do any of the custom API or web hooks. It's just default integrations, just a lot of them. So... Uh, I'm pretty sure you would be limited to five with a free account, I think. Yeah, I think and they just upped it, like, but, but it's it's around that, yeah. Yeah. And no, they're all, they're, it's no custom integration yet. We may end up doing some of that later on, but not yet. And so we, we're doing the, 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 the shared notifications in the general channel, and that's turned out to be quite handy because when I'm not around or when someone else is not around, there's going to be someone who looks at the notification and decides whether we should, you know, cover that on the website or maybe, you know, ping someone else about it. And it's just, it feels like it's a notification hub for everyone rather than being a manual effort from me or someone else to inform others about it. And we're also doing a separate channel, which I call the aggregator, <laughs> which is a, it's a channel dedicated to links and news. So it's only links and, and it's filtered in a way that it's not too much, but it can be handy when you wake up in the morning and you want to see what's new, or maybe you haven't been on Twitter in, in, in a while. And instead of having to find what's new and what's important, you can just open the aggregator in Slack and take a look at all this bunch of links. And how are you and, curating those? Like, so you're not just, it's so, not just a fire hose of stuff you don't want to see? It's not a fire hose. It's a, so this is interesting because it uses my, my own curation to build a stream of stuff that I think is interesting for my stories. So it uses my my keywords from Newsblur. So only the stuff that I highlight in my RSS goes into the aggregator channel in Slack. Also, um, it picks items from TechMeme because usually that's tech-related and it's not too much and it's generally interesting for everyone. 
-hmm. It also picks uh, tweets from Product Hunt. Uh, so every time Product Hunt highlights some new Apple product, we get a we get a, a link in the aggregator. Right. And he also uses my own Nuzzle account to send me to send the notification in the Slack channel every time it's shared by more than five people I follow. So basically, <laughs> I am using my own obsessiveness with RSS and Twitter, all the websites that I follow, all the people that I follow on Twitter, which is more than a thousand people. Basically, I am sacrificing my own time to let others enjoy the benefit my curation in the Slack channel. And because I'm used to it anymore uh, at this point, you know, I, I'm just, I know that my Twitter is busy every day and I know that my RSS is busy, but I don't want my team members to go through the same process. I don't want, you know, the other guys to, to, to be forced to follow a thousand people or to be forced to follow 200 websites. So they can just use Slack to see what's up in terms of tech news and Apple news. And it's an interesting concept for me because first it doesn't mean we have to share any credentials. Like uh, maybe years ago I would have said, maybe I should just give the other folks access to my RSS subscriptions so they can see what's up. Instead, sure. we can just highlight what's important, send it to Slack, everybody sees it at the same time. We could use other integrations to assign tasks to each other. So we're using this service called uh, MeisterTask, which is from the same people behind MindMeister, which is an online mind mapping tool. I like Meister how you Task. said that. Like, oh, it's by those people. I still had no idea what <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of popular. And MeisterTask is, uh, is an online, uh, it's like Trello. You know Trello? Okay, yeah, uh, yeah we but... use Trello. Yeah, yeah, but kind of more more visual and with better Slack integration. Okay. So directly from Slack, you can have a custom command to as, to create and assign a task without leaving Slack. And we're using that, like we're talking about, I don't know, maybe an app we want to cover or some link that we just saw in the aggregator channel. And we can, ju we can just assign that as a task without having to open Meister task in a, you know, the app or the website. So we're using Slack as a, like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like this, uh, I like to describe it as a virtual office with crazy APIs because that's really what it is for me. It, it's an office, so we're we're all together. We're spending time there. We're always there, always chatting and discussing news and what we're working on, sharing links with each other. And it's also got all these other integrations and APIs that it's unlike anything I've tried before. I mean, if you if you use iMessage, you don't even get previews for links. You just get a link you can tap. Slack, whether it's an article or a tweet. It gives you a rich, nice visual preview. So you save time, you see more context, and everybody gets that. So it's not an individual user feature. It's for everyone. And this is this has been true for notifications, for previews, for search. We can all access the same information at the same time. So in that regard, it's like an office. But with the, all these APIs, we can customize it and we can use it our way which is, I mean, we're saving so much time. And even if it costs us, you know, some hundred dollars each year, 
uh, we're a small team. We can we can cover that. And w- w- the time that we save thanks to Slack can be put into something else, which is work for the website. So you know it pays for itself. And uh, man, that that was quite a description. I wasn't expecting this to go for for so long. My Sorry. feeling on this is I'm jealous <laughs> because. <laughs> We can't do this with the relay Slack. There's too many people in it. It's like, we've got like yeah. 30 people. We can't pay for that. It's like, it's insane. It'd be insane. I think at that point, yeah. Slack would be the most expensive thing we pay for. Um, it, I really wish we could pay less and get some of this stuff, but like it, it jumps too much for us. It was like $7 per user per month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, yeah. that's too much for, for us because all of these things would be nice to have, right? We don't need like we. I don't feel need any of this stuff because yeah. uh, we don't need to break. Like we're we're not working on a speed kind of basis, you know. Like that we don't need to like break news or anything. We have a few integrations. We have like the Twitter integration, which is great, and we have Giphy and stuff like that. Like so, they're they're, they're simple things. But the way that you have this set up, th- this is exactly how I expect you would want to work, right? <laughs> like you yeah. and with Mac yeah. stories because this is information coming to you at all times from different sources is yeah. really like the perfect way for you Federico Vitici. you know yeah. it, it seems like it it completely gels with the way that you work yeah yeah absolutely and especially to be able to control what I think it's relevant to the website and what it's not and to be able to say I'm gonna use my own account for that but everyone else can see the result. That's basically exactly it's meant for me, I feel like. And uh, yeah, well, we're saving time. We're happy. Uh, we, we like sometimes we're surprised by the utility of a Slack notification. Like we're talking and suddenly a notification comes in. We're like, oh, nice. The, you know, we, we didn't have to do anything about yep. that. Like when when we send a new issue of Mac Stories Weekly, we have a Mailchimp integration that at 4 p.m. it does everything on its own. It's like, hey, Mailchimp just sent the campaign, and we're like, oh nice, yeah, <laughs> that that worked. We Thanks, didn't have Mailchimp. To, to... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, bot. <laughs> and uh, oh, and the Slack bot I'm using as a scratch pad all the time. Like I'm, I, I need Explain to save this something. So, you know. <sighs> I copy and paste a lot of stuff every day, whether it's some text, a link, a picture, or I make a note of, of something. And increasingly, the more I try to use clipboard managers or note-taking apps, I never end up with exactly the same set of information from one device to the other. There's always some kind of syncing issue or inconsistency, and I don't see the same stuff in two places. But because of the rich previews that you get in in Slack, I find myself sharing bits of text, links, files, um, YouTube links that turn into previews, into the Slack bot, which is a personal private channel. It's like the, your personal assistant in Slack. And because it's it's in the cloud, it's always the same across any device. And I know that it's not as native or as local as a, a, an app maybe on your device. But when you don't need, you know, 
a fancy integration with the system. You just want to say, hey, I want to save these five links and I want to have them instantly on my iPad. Or I want to share this code snippet from my Mac to my iPad and I don't want to use AirDrop because it never works. Or I don't want to use one of those Wi-Fi or Bluetooth clipboard managers because also they never work. I just paste it into Slackbot and it's right there on my iPhone and I can copy it. And it I don't know, it's probably not an intended use case for Slackbot, but I know a lot of people do this, and I have to say it's also working well for me. So it's a, it's a crude uh, implementation of a cloud clipper manager, but it works kind of well. So, yeah. Oh, look at that. Cool, man. I'm pleased that you like it. Yeah. I'm surprised that it does the amount that it does, right? Because I don't really think of, I don't really think of Slack in that way, you know? Um, like for me, it's just like a little chat room that does some cool stuff, but I can see how it does the incredible things that it does, and I wonder what its future's like. You know, like yeah. What, yeah, what kind of crazy stuff could happen? So yeah, we'll see. But that's cool. I'm pleased that you shared that story. I'm looking forward to the myriad of questions and feedback we're going to have about that as you have to list every integration <laughs> four times <laughs> so everyone catches them. <laughs> but you can uh, you can catch some show notes. We haven't got a lot of show notes this week, um, but if you do want to find them, you can head on over to uh, relay.fm slash connected slash 56. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, the great people over at Fracture and Squarespace. And don't forget, there'll be a link in our sponsor section to donate uh, some money to uh, Stephen's charity run for St. Jude, which you should definitely get involved in. If you want to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can head on over to Relay.fm. You'll find information about this show and a bunch of other shows that we do, including Upgrade and Clockwise, which will be fun to listen to for uh, coverage of the announcements that are coming out um, tomorrow as we record this. If you want to find Stephen online, he is at ISMH on Twitter, and he writes over at 512pixels.net and also Mr. Federico Vitici is at Vitici V-I-T-I-C-C-I and he's uh, writes over at maxstories.net and if you're still listening Federico can I can I give a little tease sure yeah uh, there's something big coming to Max Stories on Monday so you mm-hmm. should uh, look out for that and something that I know Federico's been working very very hard on for a long time and I'm very excited about it so you want to keep your eye out for that Thank you. Um, it's a little, little secret tease for the people that go listen all the way to the end. We'll be back uh, next time. I won't be. I'm going to be uh, on holiday, but uh, I'll be back the week after. And, um, I'm looking forward, Federico, to talking about the process of your mm-hmm. review in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks. That'll be a lot of oh, fun. Man. But until then, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back. Bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios.